0: The Athletic
3: Welcome to Why Always Us, this is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic I'm David Mooney, I'm joined by The Athletic City correspondent Sam Lee Hi Sam yeah. How are you doing mate?
0: Uh, yeah, I was trying to go for the Richard Osman pointless hire.
3: <laughs> that was a that was a good Richard Osman pointless hire, actually. He's
0: very good at the, he's very good at those. The best hires in the game. I tell you what, it, that and Glenn Hoddle's just he goes just whenever he's on PT commentary. <laughs> They're my two favourite one-word television things.
3: I hadn't noticed that, but just on a technical point, is it not a? Uh, is Richard Osman's not a uh, uh, hello hire? Does he not? Does Ooh. it? Does he not? Hello hire? Ah, uh, uh, there's
0: maybe mixes oh because definitely just there's definitely a higher there's definitely just a, a one word straight in higher
3: anyway we'll get we'll get into quiz <laughs> show chat a bit later on I guess yeah, um, but let's uh, let's crack on with some city for the time being uh, the Champions League is back and there's no better time to sign up for all of our unrivaled coverage at the athletic until February the 25th we're offering new subscribers a half price annual subscription that's less than one pound a week for an entire year to redeem that limited time only offer go to theathletic.com forward slash man city pod that's theathletic.com athletic.com forward slash man city pod and if you're enjoying the show please leave us a review as well um best place to Start Sam. Uh, the winning run has has kind of carried on. I, I kind of this is a little bit of a detour to, to start us off with, but you know we, we we do that anyway. So I'm sure the listeners also. Well, we've already had one detour. Yeah. At least um, this is about football. Yeah, I, I wanted to start with this from Friday's pre-match press conference uh, because throughout the time that City weren't performing brilliantly and it was looking like this season was going to be a bit of a struggle. Uh, you know, in the months before Christmas, uh, as it was at the back end of last season as well. Um, we were asked a lot by uh, we, we put questions out on Twitter. You know, what what do you want us to talk about? And we were asked a lot about losing in Arteta and if the problem was uh, Juan Malio not giving as much input yeah. or the same input or the right input. Um, and Guardiola was asked about him on Friday and I think it's, uh, I, I think it would be right to, to kind of uh, address that and uh, uh, and put out what he said. So uh, this is what Guardiola had to say about Juan Malio.
1: As a friend of mine from a long time ago, finally we can work together. It was a dream and now a dream come true. Uh, his knowledge of the game is overwhelming. So he sees something that Few people in the world, me included, is not able to watch, to see it. He helped me to be more calm. Uh, I'm a guy like uh, sometimes express too much my feelings and he makes me feel more more calm to read better the situations. I would love he could able to speak better English that he speaks to communicate more on the pitch uh, with the players, but maybe he needs time. Uh, and uh, you know, he helps me a lot. Uh, and I would say with Rodo as well he, we make a, a good group of, of uh, backroom staff Rodo is since the day one also the day he is, is here and he helps me a lot in organization the training sessions and even in the game seeing what happened uh, because I need be help I need be help for something I'm not able to to, to see to watch that's why they are here that's why like I said before with Mikel before with uh, Dome and before with the uh, uh, Tito Villanova I need I need their advices I need their support and see something like I'm not able to watch so that's why it's uh, it's so important and and help me especially to me to to understand to control my emotions and and see something like uh, I'm not able to see
3: now it's it's not necessarily, an I told you so sam, but uh, it is I, I think it's important to kind of look at this with a balanced view because you know while people were asking, oh well, is the reason it's not working down to one Malio maybe the reason now it is working is down to the input from one malio the
0: The thing is whenever people were asking about this and whenever people were talking about you know in cities kind of patchy run or bad run or whatever. And whether it was because of Arteta or not, I was like, I've, I've, I never thought it was because for a start, like this season, City's issues were there already before Arteta had left. So, you know, conceding goals on the counter-attack and not taking their chances. And those issues that we saw all the way through last season, they were, they were doing that before Arteta had left. So I was like, it just feels a bit easy yeah. to draw the line between, oh, Arteta's gone and they're not playing well. So maybe it's that. And also by the same token now, like you say, to look at it in a balanced way, it wouldn't be fair that they're doing so well to say, Oh, it's one Leo. Because people would have been saying is one Leo the problem for six months. And then so suddenly my, it's not, my, yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden is he is he to to get all the credit? So my point of view is he wasn't to blame when it wasn't going badly, when it was going badly, and he's and he's not to take all the credit now, it's going well. You know, the the man that's always responsible is Guardiola, and that, I thought there was a lot of that in the in the worrying about how they'd gone downhill since Arteta had left, supposedly. Yeah, because Guardiola's always been the man. You know, Gu- the idea that Arteta was holding City together for three years—I mean, that's effectively what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't really it, hold water, does it? <laughs> no, it's the whole. The idea was um, City were great until Arteta left. So if you read into that, then yeah, exactly. It's, um, yeah, that he was somehow holding them together. But I mean, look, uh, he's had Dominic Torrent before and Dominic Torrent was a great assistant. He's mentioned Tito Villanova on that clip. They obviously had a, a great team, but like the common denominator in all the success because he's been through, you know, three or four assistants now is, you know, it's Guardiola is the main man. He just gets help and, and these guys help in different ways. Yeah. And one Malia helps in, in a very different way. Arteta is... um uh, he was more hands-on of course you know he would be right in the thick of the training sessions showing them um you know himself you know he he, he, could, he not only knew what Guardiola wanted but he could actually demonstrate it especially in the early years because he'd only retired from playing about two months earlier so he could just he could just show them and obviously he had a lot of great relationships with the players one Marleo. Leo and so a lot of those things Guardiola was saying there, i've always I've wanted to do an article on his impact, even you know back in the the summer when obviously things weren't going as well as they are now I, and I do want to do an article on one of my Leo's impact, but I wanted to have a load of stories and information and it's been harder to get hold of and also as we get closer now towards city probably winning the title it it feels a bit more like a, an article to do around then but um so I've not been able to get the info exactly what he's done, but if I am going to blow my own trumpet a little. The article I did when he joined back in June-July did, did lay out exactly what Guardiola said about him in the last couple of weeks, about how even the, the learning English thing, he, Guardiola obviously said, I wish he would learn a bit more English to communicate with the players. You know, When I was spoke, speaking to people about that back in the, in the summer, they were like, hey, he doesn't speak great English and he probably won't learn. It'll probably be by La Bielsa, where he can get across all right and he can certainly put his methods across because, of course, Leeds play how Bielsa wants. But the beauty of Juan Marleo is he communicates so well in Spanish. Like He's so close to the players and communicates his ideas so clearly, which is so important to footballers. You know, that clear and obvious communication so people know exactly what they're supposed to do. But he does that in Spanish. And the idea is, even if you could speak a good level of English, he's never going to have that same kind of warmth and and insight because it's just kind of so advanced, I guess. So there's that. And then there's also the thing about Guardiola, yeah, he says he, he needs somebody to give him solutions. And that was something I wrote. You know, he mentioned Rodolfo Rodo Burrell there being like a, a good part of the team. And he is, you know, you know, you can't just be Guardiola's assistant. But one of the big reasons for getting Juan Mario in was Torrent um, and, and Arteta were very good at seeing the game and saying, we need this, we need this. Have you seen this? What about this? And Guardiola's like, what should we do with this? And they go, well, we could try this. Uh, Burrell is... Not quite the same as that. He helps in different ways. and obviously Juan Leo, as Guardiola says, he is one of those guys who will, will spot things and be able to say, let, let, let's, let's try this or let's try that. Um, but again, you know, he, I, I'm not kind of doing Juan Leo down. I'm not saying, well, he wasn't doing this in August, so he can't get the credit now. What I'm saying is the main guy is Guardiola, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's how it would be, because Juan Leo would have been bringing things this whole time. But it's only, you know, Guardiola had that change in in November, which I'm hoping to get to the bottom of exactly, you know, when he said he had that chat with, with Cheeky and, and Juan Leo and Manal and and people like that. So, yeah, it, Guardiola's the main man. Juan Leo brings a lot of important things, like a lot of the former assistants have. But, um, yeah. Not not the sole reason. Oh, um, well, yeah, that's... exactly. I mean, if Leo leaves and, and or if Pep goes to another club later in his career and he has a different assistant, you know, they'll be good or bad based on what he's doing, not what his assistant's doing, really.
3: Yeah. Well, let's pivot that to uh, the win over Arsenal at weekend because okay. the, the performance wasn't a classic, let's say. Uh, but City were, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say arguably comf- more comfortable than maybe we felt during the game, if that makes sense, uh, because they were comfortably the better team. Uh, while it might have been nervy at times, there was never really any danger of Arsenal getting back into it unless João Cancelo does a strange pass back like he did. Um, yeah. And like there was something you tweeted uh, just after the game finished that that made me think actually yeah no you're right on that one um, and that it, a lot of this was um, in the build up to it I was thinking well Arsenal Arsenal have had a patchy season but they're they're a tricky side when you've got a, you know Aubameyang fit and firing and he's he's looking back into it and you and you just tweeted that John Stones didn't let him have a sniff and no, you were absolutely spot on yeah
0: yeah well I mean he obviously did the two shoulder barges the second one was a bit stronger. Um, but he did one earlier on. It might have even been in the first half. And it just, and there was a couple of times, you know, when you think, we talked about before how your brain processes everything at a million miles an hour as it's happening. But they, they'd got into a situation in the second half. Maybe this was even before the shoulder barge happened. But um, it was down on the, on the Arsenal left, so City's right back area. They'd got in behind Cancelo and it was Albanyang up against Stones one on one. And immediately you just think, this could be problems here. But he just shut it down and he just did that all all game. And yeah, in terms of, like you mentioned how Arsenal play and they're so difficult to get through, like Guardiola had also said after the game, he goes, if we didn't get more today, it was due to how good Arsenal were rather than us not being good, which I fully agree with. But I would also say, City could have won two or three nil, obviously if they'd have been better finishers, especially early on. But um, I, that I mean, was, did, did that was feel, definitely the case.
3: Did you feel that City could just like if Arsenal had nicked an equaliser, City could just knock it up a gear?
0: So when it was getting towards half time, and I mean, I, I did feel like the commentators were kind of building up Arsenal and kind of, but also I I I, I get the feeling the fans would have been thinking, we need to up it here, we need to we need to get another goal because, you know, we know what happens when teams don't take chances, etc., etc. But towards half-time, I was like, yeah, okay, Arsenal have got back into it, which is kind of inevitable. But I don't see that being a problem. And I I actually thought City would start the second half quicker. I thought um, City would maybe not fly out of the traps like they did in the first half, but I thought they would take control of the game a bit more and probably score in the first 15 minutes of the second half, and that would be it. Um, But, I mean, if Arsenal had scored with about 15, 20 minutes to go, or maybe even 25, 30 minutes to go. To be honest, I don't think I had the feeling that City at that point would have gone, yeah, right, we're going to go and do it. Just because I feel like they kind of settled into a, a pattern by that point. Obviously, they're good enough. I, I mean, they they might well have been able to,
1: to change what they were bit, doing yeah. and,
0: and upped it a bit. But I, I just got the, the sense that t- towards the end... Yeah, I, I, I just kind of feel like they were stuck in what they were trying to do. I don't necessarily mean stuck in a bad way, but they they were doing what they were doing. And if they had have needed a goal, obviously they got the quality. But it just felt a bit like they'd been playing a certain way for forty odd minutes, and I'm not sure they could have just flicked it back. But maybe they could. You know, that's how they've they've been so good on this run.
3: Let's switch it into uh, Stones, Diaz, and the Port because um, well, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic City have got right now with those three, isn't it?
0: Uh. Yeah. Um, obviously, Laporte's played a lot recently. Well, not a lot. Well, compared to what he was in November, December, January, obviously partly because of injury, he has played a lot. And as Guardiola said, after the Everton game, you know they need everyone. And obviously now there's two midweek games when they didn't expect to have midweek games. So obviously City have got four home games in a row, which is pretty good. But you'd rather just have the two in a row and not have to play in midweek. But that's the calendar. So as Guardiola says, they're going to need everyone. But I suppose, I think the most pertinent thing to mention here, because we're not, it doesn't sound like we're just talking about three top centre-backs. The And the dynamic you mentioned, I think, probably relates to that quote Guardiola gave in his press conference on Friday as well. Um Because I, for me, Stones and Diaz, uh, first choice. And I think for Guardiola, that's the case as well. But obviously Laporte's can come in and, and, and play and contribute. And I'm sure he um, will continue to do that. But as um, Guardiola said in this press conference, there was, I think the question must have been, I don't remember, the question must have been something like, you know, keeping the team together or transfers or whatever. But he was like, yeah, um, well, we've let's got l- great players. Have you actually got the clip? I, I've got the clip. So let's have a listen Perfect. to
1: it. Perfect. All the players that we have deserve to stay here for uh, many, many years. The quality that they have is exceptional. So there's no doubt but uh year by year the situation is different because there are players accept some roles and there are players don't accept it it's not about the quality it's about accept sometimes you don't play or sometimes for a short time they can keep it and sometimes they cannot keep it longer in that moment and that this player has to live and that's why the players has to be moved removed like this the same with the managers the same the sometimes backroom stuff we had here physios and and people were are delighted to have him and they decide to move on to liverpool two of them so the situations have so for a short time when we are all together involved everyone's fight but there are players because for age for the uh, the personality that they are like the like the education that they have for many many reasons they accept all the roles another ones they don't accept it and when they play is perfect but they don't play always is a problem with the team and these players, they have to think, they have to reflect, they have to speak with the agents and with the club and decide the best for themselves, especially, and for the club as well. And that's why next season, I don't know what's going to happen because in certain moments involved for everything. But now, of course, it's not the moment. I didn't think one second about that in the right moment. That's why Chiquiri is. And uh, at the end of the season, we are going to think about what is the best for the next season.
3: So, I mean, yeah. it's obviously not directly uh, um, mentioning Laporte, but like it's, it, it, it's obviously about him, isn't it?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I should say, look, there might be people listening to this who are just like, look, typical journalists, you know, like drawing parallels or whatever. <laughs> um, and look, he it, it, it might well have been talking generally, but it was quite detailed, wasn't it? Obviously, look, it could also relate to, you know, just cases in the past. And, you know, he might just be talking about how, you know, Sane, for example, um, and, you know, Mares even in the first season. I don't think Mares has those problems so much now, otherwise he wouldn't be in the team. But when he dropped him for that Huddersfield game in Mares' first season, you know, it was that kind of thing. It's, and it's the whole no bad faces, guys, you know, that yeah. that old mantra. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about Laporte already. And, you know, when people were like, is he going to come in at left back? and obviously he has he has in a couple of games, but I also said, look, it's not just the case that, as, as exactly what Guardiola said, it's not just about the quality. Because if it was just about quality, you could play Laporte left back every game, arguably. But it's about other things. And it's about how people react to situations. And obviously I've mentioned before a couple of weeks ago that don't expect Laporte now that he's fit to come in and play every game, either at centre back or at left back, because it's not just all things equal, all guys are playing well and all guys are happy. You know, he's not reacted very well to, to losing his place. So now there's no doubt in my mind that what Guardiola said then was about Laporte. Because, you know, I already said I can't say too much about it, and unfortunately, that's still the case. But I think it's, it's, it's one of those tricky ones because Laporte's quote before that Burnley game. On BT, when he said, you know, I'm happy here, but, you know, we'll see, and hopefully I can play or whatever it was he said. That was enough to kind of be like, yeah, okay. There's, We're seeing a but, bit there's of something this now, going on here, yeah. And now Guardiola saying that, there's there's no doubt in my mind that he was he was talking about Laporte. You know, nobody's told me that that's what Pep was saying, but from my understanding of the situation, I've I've no doubt at all.
3: Yeah, that, so, it's, yeah it's, it's interesting, it's, it's though, interesting. because they are going to need him along, like, yeah, like you say, with the and calendar. This it,
0: like, and this is it, like... Even if, well, even well, even if hypothetically he wasn't happy, um, there's loads of games. It's like the Agüero contact situation, which we'll come on to. Like, it's not a great situation now for Agüero, and you know we've we've been told again overnight that City haven't uh, made contact with him. But we know what the situation is there, and it's like although yeah we're we're getting into March now, which it doesn't sound good for the chances of getting a new contract for for Agüero, but as soon as he plays, and if he starts scoring goals and he looks good, then it's like, okay, well, here's your contract. And it's the same kind of thing for Laporte. If Laporte ends up playing a load of games because either rotation, like he's been playing recently, or say one of the centre-backs gets injured or Zinchenko gets injured and he needs to play left-back, and he plays 70%, 80% of the games until now at the end of the season, it, there's a good chance he'll be fine yeah. and it won't be a problem. So yeah, it's one of those where it's like halfway through the season when a, when a player is in this situation, um, you can write about it you can talk about it probably more than I'm able to and it's like oh yeah God that's a serious situation but you know there's still six months of the season to go and it can turn around but yeah I mean now I think between his quote before the Burnley game to, to BT and Guardiola's quote in a press conference there I think that's a good idea you know people don't want to believe it if they don't want it um, but it's I think that gives a good idea of the situation with Laporte and that's why like going back to that word you used right at the start the dynamic um, yeah, Stones and Diaz, amazing. Playing really well in the team all the time. Um, happy, kind of accepting of their roles. Obviously, Stones missed out at Everton, seemingly no problem there. But Laporte, fantastic player. Not, maybe not quite as good as those two because they've been so good at, like, in terms of this season. But yeah, mainly it's, it's the attitude thing.
2: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You touched on
3: Aguero. I was going to come to Aguero a bit later on, but since, we're, since we've are since we kind of um, reached that point of the show now, let's be a bit fluid and, and go there now. Um obviously you mentioned his contract is up at the end of the season. He turns 33 in June. He's obviously had a torrid season with injuries and, and COVID. Um, what's what's the latest fitness wise? Because he's been in squads and he's, you know, yeah. it's he's, he's been on the bench, but it's almost been like, like he's in the squad in name only. Um, mm. what, what does Guardiola mean when he says things like he can't wait to put him back in the team? Because surely like like, like if he's, if he's making the squad, surely he must be pretty close to the team.
0: Yeah. But like, so the thing is i um i talked about this last week and said look maybe he's in the squad just because he's great to have around obviously he's nearly that like, he's fit enough to be in the squad but when you've got a, a bench of nine players and you know guardiola especially in a big game like yesterday really makes a uh, too many changes anyway if things are going to his liking whether they're winning or not um so he doesn't make too many changes um it just makes sense to have Agüero there if he can be there if he can be part of the squad. It's good for him and it's good for the others. Um, that's what I thought last week. That's still what I think now. But the only way, the only thing I could really say anything differently now is, um, people are like, it's the same. It's the same thing. People, if something doesn't quite make sense on the face of it, people look for reasoning. So the same thing with Arteta. Our oh, city aren't playing well. Is it because Arteta's gone? Oh, they are playing well. Is it because of Juan Marleo? Or earlier in the season, it was, are they not playing well? Is it because of fatigue? When I thought, well, they weren't playing well last season either. So it's not just the fatigue. There's something else going on. And obviously there was, and Guardiola changes it, and it's fine. But um, I think there's the same thing now. People are like, oh, is there a problem with Aguero and Guardiola? Some people have been like, oh, Guardiola's handling of of Aguero is like it's disgraceful. Is, is, is he forcing him out? It's like, no, like he's... I mean, Guardiola said yesterday he'd been out for a year. Obviously, it's not been a year because he got injured in in June, but he's barely played since then. He's had loads of different setbacks and he had COVID. And Aguero, when he was doing his Twitch stream a couple of weeks ago, before he'd even had the negative test, so when he still had it, he was saying how, you know, one day he felt all right and then... He, like, he was running between his kitchen and his living room. He said, like, faster than I do in a game. And he was knackered, <laughs> and he called the doctor, and he was like, what's the matter? And the doctor was like, no, that's just a symptom. So, like, he was struggling with that kind of fatigue element. And it's, like, but the other thing is, if people were, now, this might be rich if you don't believe me on the Laporte stuff and Guardiola's comments, but if you were looking for trouble and you were thinking, what's gone on between them? If you were to think, oh, well, Aguero hasn't warmed up before matches, on the three times he's been on the bench but if you were thinking well maybe he's refused to warm up like no like no way like if he refused to warm up and there was a problem he wouldn't be in the squad again like if there was a problem between them and he was yeah if he was refusing to warm up but Guardiola was telling him not to warm up which is ridiculous you wouldn't put him in the squad like that doesn't add up yeah So when Guardiola says, I'd love to put him back in the team, but he also said, I I want him to be ready for him. I want to be sure for him. It's just, it's purely not rushing him back. Um, And I mean, maybe there's an issue there over the the condition of the knee. Um, Maybe it's just the fact that Aguero always tended to need a a few games back after injury. But if you think about his injuries over the years, generally he'd be out for like three or four weeks, you know, the classic Aguero injury would be like three or four weeks in November, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then it'd take a couple of weeks to get back and then he'd be fine and, and that would be it. He, he's not had a serious injury like this so if he did need that bit of extra time then he's going through that. We talked about the meniscus problems and how that's difficult for all players to overcome and then obviously he did overcome that but he got a hamstring injury so it's that thing of recovering from a knee injury, a very difficult one when it's a meniscus, uh, muscle injuries which we've seen with the hamstring, COVID as well. Like, is that not just obvious? Is it, not, is it obvious that he would just need time to, to come back? I agree it's a little strange for him to be in the squads but not warm up. But it's it's a, it's a strange situation to be in, you know, all yeah. of those injury problems with COVID on top. Um, and, yeah, like I said, there's nine subs now. You might, we might as well put him in the team. He's great to have around, but he's obviously not not quite ready. And also...
3: I was I going to say also like not only that you mentioned there's extra games been put into the schedule. The Champions League's on its way back soon. Yeah. There's there's plenty of time left this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I say, if we're looking at it with cold eyes, we'd probably say, look, we're getting into March now. He's not played. As far as I know, he was told last season, you know, be fit by the end of the year to have a good chance of getting a contract. So I've, so he hasn't. He wasn't fit by the end of the year. We're nearly. Well, we've had two months of it. So it doesn't look good, but. Like I said, there's so many games, absolutely loads, um, and he's so important. He's so good, and and look, the the, the Arsenal game, which we haven't really talked about, just I know I know Sterling's getting the chances, and even if Agüero were playing, it would still be Sterling getting those chances. But my God, just somebody put the ball in the net. <laughs> so if Agüero comes in and chips in with five goals, eight goals between you know March and May, they could be really important. So, and then it's like, okay, yeah, we'll have a look and we'll see what the situation is, um, depending on, you know, Haaland and other circumstances. Yeah. Um, I've I've mentioned the dreaded name there, but... <laughs> it's, there it,
3: it'll get aggregated in a bit, so uh, there will be all right. Um, yeah. uh, while we're on contract expiries as well, um, obviously Fernandinho's is up at the end of the season. He turns 36 yeah. in May. Um, and yeah, the performance at Arsenal, you would not know it, would you?
0: No, he was really, really good, and it was like even early on, just in that really obvious Fernandinho way of going around and making tackles. And honestly, I know people get touchy about the tactical fouls thing. It's not really, it's not really a tactical foul thing. But the way he makes fouls is a work of art. Like there was one time again, it was Albamyang over on the the Arsenal left hand side. It was in the second half, and. I can't really describe this without it sounding like really dirty and dangerous. It wasn't it wasn't dangerous, but it was like I think he'd already beaten somebody, Al and he was kind of heading towards the box. And Fernandinho kind of jumped not jumped in, because that's a very loaded phrase in football, but he kind of made the contact with like both knees. And he just he just the way he just kind of he kind of jumped in and placed himself in the way <laughs> to be like, well, you ain't getting past. And he kind of Albamian kind of stumbled through it. Um, but I think I probably gave a foul or an advantage just afterwards. But just that way that Fernandinho was just like, well, you ain't getting past, so forget it. Like, it was great. I, the, and the only reason I remember the one thing he did wrong, I think I know I think it was just one thing. Because by the time it was with about 20 minutes to go or whatever i was like god he's been so good i don't think he's put a foot wrong and as i was thinking that he tied that ball out to the right hand side over the top and he just went out of play and there was no one there and i was okay so he has done one thing wrong but literally (laughs) everything was just so good and yeah that obvious way he's got of just winning the ball back and being in the right place and yeah when you say like he's 35 years old and he's doing that and also he's not played too much no he was injured as well i think I I thought he might have played against Everton if he was a bit fitter. I might have been wrong on that, but obviously Everton was his first game after a couple on the sidelines with the famous Guardiola niggles. So yeah, 35 years old, coming back from injury, playing like that in a tough game against Arsenal, where you know it was all very tricky in midfield and man to man, and not many people to pass to and blocking off lanes. You know, if he wasn't sharp at all, he would have, you know, he would have dwelt on the ball a bit. And the reason I started talking about Arsenal and and that shape they got into when we were talking about Stones at the start, was how many times did Stones and Diaz just end up dribbling like with until about 30 yards out from the Arsenal goal? Because <laughs> Arsenal were just like, well, we're not going to pressure. We're just going to stay back here and not give you anyone to pass to. So it's so good that uh, City centre-backs are so comfortable on the ball just to say, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just bring it right will just picture. carry it then, yeah. And it's just, I mean, it was so obvious as well in games like that when you've got the midfielders, obviously, but you've also got Bernardo playing who wasn't strictly in midfield. Um, obviously, you got Edison, you got Zinchenko and you got Cancelo, and the centre backs. Everyone on that pitch. Obviously, Sterling and Mahrez are good on the ball, but everyone else in that pitch is basically a midfielder in terms of the level of competency in possession. And it's games like yesterday when Arsenal just block you off and don't let you play through, which is like why they were like fawning up against Leeds like really easily because Leeds are good, but like then like obviously say they're not as good as City but every one of those city players just they basically had eight nine midfielders on the pitch and they're just so comfortable knocking it around and just didn't this didn't flinch with arsenal saying well you got no one to pass to cuz they like what well, we have we're just going to find a way just
3: thinking of what, of what you said there cuz obviously they played without a striker um and then you look at the back four well Cancelo has been playing like a midfielder anyway uh, stones has played in midfield and zinchenko is a midfielder
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly i mean the stones in midfield um, experiment wasn't great. Um, but, no, I, yeah, I take but, your point. but Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like, it, with, and the thing with Diaz is Stones is better on the ball than Diaz. I think Laporte is as well, but Diaz is definitely improving. And I think maybe the reason in the first goal because so my article, which we haven't talked about, but my article, without because it was kind of like okay, it was one nil. It wasn't like a huge win, so we could say because I, I felt like doing a a, a one time hit for the next big City win. So if if City win the next couple of games and then blitz united and everyone's like wow i might do like a why is City so good again and just talk about the tactical changes and the kind of personnel things just for like city fans to read but also fans of other clubs who actually don't want to just say oh money or oil or whatever and actually want to learn i might do that and i thought if city win like four nil yesterday then i was going to do that but they didn't and i thought do we talk about the defense again? I was like, we're probably going to be talking about Stones and Diaz when they're in the Team of the Year in about six weeks. <laughs> um, I was like, the forwards. I was, like, I don't want to talk about a City win, as because I thought the most obvious thing for me was this shows up why they need a forward. But I just thought it's not quite the time and the place. And then so my article was um, Mares's first, first touch, touch. Yeah. because I was like, we've mentioned like, everyone mentioned everyone knows it's there, and I just thought for a little game like that. When it when it played such a big part in, in City's goal, I thought it'd be worth um, talking about a bit and just eulogising a little bit. And easy article, hopefully it brings a lot of entertainment and enjoyment to people. And we move on to something else. Um, but so I was analysing that the move quite a lot, and it was like Arsenal. Did, I don't know if it just happened, just naturally, or the but the way Arsenal pressed. Maybe they just, you know, they they dropped a level for a second or they didn't do it right. But the way Arsenal pressed the whole game, they made it difficult for City to find options. But they seemed to be happy to let Diaz have the ball on his right foot. Aubameyang had cut off the ball to stones and Pepe was closing him down so he couldn't come back towards Sinchenko. And maybe they were thinking, Diaz isn't that good with his expansive passing. Right, he's good. And in fact, one of the best passes he did was against Arsenal at the Etihad. For the build-up to the the one goal there but i wonder if they either they thought let him play the long ball and we'll be fine or it just didn't work one of the two but he played he played that long ball out to mares and it was perfect and then obviously from there it's just an absolute guarantee that mares is going to bring that ball down so i know yeah we're going back to stones being really good on the ball diaz less so but diaz has improved a lot as the season's gone on and if he gets the i mean he's He's pretty much there. He's not afraid to have the ball. He was carrying it into the opposition half, which you just wouldn't do if you were nervous. You know, you don't end up accidentally doing that. You just shuffle it to somebody else and don't take responsibility so he's you've, got, you've, he takes that responsibility on the ball off the ball and he's getting there to to kind of city centre back levels in terms of competency and possession
3: yeah you've played with me long enough to know that sometimes you do end up in positions you don't mean to be with uh, uh, yeah not on a professional accident. level yeah yeah, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> um I mean, well, not for city basically oh, not, not for city it, yeah. i think because yeah. they know where exactly they're supposed to be
3: looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone We actually started that with uh, with Fernandinho, uh, and obviously a lot of uh, a lot of the questions about his future and and um, what's yeah, oh, likely yeah, yeah. to happen. Um, Fans, are, I mean, uh, the, there's options that fans put forward, and I don't know how realistic some of them are because uh, there's obviously there's potential talk of a of a contract extension because his his performances show that he's clearly not past it. He, you also have the you know throw into the complication, throw into the mix there the complication that Rodri has improved in the last few weeks and, and months, and kind of it feels like now is probably the right time to to make more of that transition uh, from Fernandinho to Rodri, especially with the the number of games that Rodri plays instead because he's he's one Guardiola's favourite players in this current squad isn't he um and then you, yeah, you also yeah. get you also get the option of uh, of could Fernandinho take up a coaching role and that's not necessarily like like what if he doesn't want that sort of thing I don't I don't think you can just kind of suggest it oh well that makes sense because it's kind of what he wants as well
0: yeah um so the thing with Fernandinho is I mean and as well Guardiola's comments yesterday it really did sound like he was saying goodbye and um well a friend of mine a
3: friend of mine screenshotted it and, and put it in our WhatsApp group and just said, This sounds like Fernandinho has died.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that um was that was it a screenshot of Jack's tweet?
3: Uh, it might have been, yeah.
0: Yeah, but but Jack's tweet was like, um, he was so good today, so good, I'll never forget him. But on top of that, it was more like, I'll never forget him, um, everything he's done. It, it really did like I did think, right, he's either leaving or or he's died after the game. Like <laughs> it was proper like it was like that. Um I mean, I've got to be honest. If I'm into the journalism craft a bit, I I'm working on an article about his dressing room presence because, like, before Guardiola had talked about it, I'd heard from one of the players, I don't know, in November December, that Fernandinho has really stepped it up this season, and I was like, that's interesting, and I was annoyed actually because I'd written a paragraph about it in my article after the Manchester derby, the the Carabao Cup one. Uh, but I was like, it's a bit of a tangent, That I'll just, I'll cut it out. And then it was like the, the press conference after, Guardiola had said, oh, has been great this season. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> but then Foden mentioned it on an interview on Soccer AM. I think Guardiola mentioned it again. And then he, he put in a very subtle little little mention as well after a, a game recently. And I was like, so I'm I'm kind of working on getting the examples I need for that article of why he's been so good and why he's been so helpful for the team and and I thought if people start talking about Fernandinho leaving now I need my articles not ready so I was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask if if Fernandinho (laughs) is leaving or not which I mean that might be a terrible thing to admit but there's there'll be there'll be plenty of time for that um the talk of him getting a coaching role I think will be Probably based on that, what I'm talking about in terms of his dressing room management. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm really, really hoping this week even would we'll be able to to do something on that, and there'll be a lot of examples of how he's done that over the years, but also this season. Um, so that'll be a huge part of it because he's kind of you know the manager in the dressing room. He he just sorts things out, and then there's also the other element of you know he's he's very tactically astute, and he talked about Guardiola tactics. He's got a tactics board in his house. He talked about it with his son. So he's like, people always assume, well, rightly, but, you know, Chavi, Jabby Alonso, players like this, and, you know, when City have needed under-23 under managers in the past, even you know, when Guardiola came or this summer, just gone, people were always hoping it would be one of Guardiola's former players. But I think Fernandinho is right in that mould. You know, he's not, he's not quite the Chavi, Xabi Alonso type of player. Obviously, he's really good on the ball, but he just, he's he's a bit more combative, obviously. But he's definitely in that mould of a Guardiola player perfect and I could go into coaching so that offer of him doing that it does make huge sense but the other element of it is I'm kind of speaking to his people a bit um, just for help on this article and obviously you know try and stand up the, the stuff independently as well but also they're quite they've been quite skittish in the past when I've tried to find that information yeah. And it's like when they're I, being helpful in terms of, Oh yeah, we'll we'll be able to set you up with this or you can speak to so and so I don't want to then say, Have you seen this about and and then you know, then they go cold on me again. So again, a bit of a, a peek behind the curtain and playing the journalistic game sometimes. I need to I need to work I need to get what I need out of this. Yeah. And then and then I'll chance my arm because it's it's not like if I thought they would answer me straight away, I'd do it. But yeah. I just feel like it's gonna be a yeah, it could cause problems so because we'll,
3: we'll my, my, my only my only kind of concern about it all is is that you know he is like we said he is turning 36 in may but if he's yeah. playing to this level right now then even if it's not a city he might feel that he's got got you know magic in the boots so to speak and he can still play somewhere else and yeah. not only that it's like you're asking someone like when you finish when you finished your career do you want to stay in manchester sort of thing do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. So when I said before that he was weighing up what to do and you were like, does that mean there's been an offer? And I was like, yeah. Uh, that's how it was put to me. The The confusion there was, which I cleaned, cleared up the next day in a tweet. The confusion there was he was kind of deciding whether he wants to stay in Manchester or the, whether he wants to go back to Brazil. So, So it wasn't like he's got this offer to stay in Manchester and he's got this offer to go to Brazil. It was just kind of He's sorting out what he wants to do, kind of thing. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, you know, to me, I, without knowing fully the situation, I, I, I don't know. I, it seems like, I mean, I'm comparing it to other players, actually. You know, like when when Bravo was leaving City. Sorry to mention him. But, <laughs> like he was linked with going to like Boca Juniors, and he was just like, I don't don't want to go back to South America. And Zabaleta was like, what? Well, don't want to go back to South America. You know, and they they want to go and live somewhere else in Europe, in another city. Obviously, Zabaleta went to London in the end, and he's retired, I think. Did Zabaleta retire recently? Yeah, yeah we t- um, we
3: talked about it because of uh, because he, he he announced it, I think, at the end of last season, didn't
0: he? Yeah, and he, but he always wanted to play in Italy. But because there's no fans in the stadium, um, he just said, what's the point, which is really sad. Um, I mean, maybe he wouldn't have got an offer anyway. Or maybe he would, but he just thought, "I'm not sure if that's what I want to do anymore." So he just called it a day. But the, the, yeah, in in a lot of cases, South American players have certainly been at City. Haven't wanted to go back. Um, and may, uh, maybe I'm just making that assumption um, with Fernandinho and Brazil, but it does seem like that's a a good option for him. Um, but yeah, like for for various selfish reasons, of um, not so much selfish, but. Playing the game a little, I've I I don't know fully where where he's at with that, but um, hopefully by having a bit of patience, I'll be able to put out a really good article on on what he's like off the pitch. Hopefully, an interview with him towards the end of the season about what he does on the pitch, um, and yeah, hopefully as well, we'll be able to find out where he's going or if, if he's going anywhere. But I know I know what you're saying about in terms of that that transition. Um, I think it, I just think it would make sense to have him around. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't even need to officially be a coach. I suppose if he did stay and didn't play anymore, he could be a coach, but it just feels like he he could easily do another season of this. You know, with those dressing room responsibilities of managing the dressing room and playing a bit. But yeah, like you say, maybe you'll think he could play...
3: Play more. 30 games somewhere else. Yeah. yeah.
0: We'll find out. We'll find out.
3: Yeah. Um, Before we finish, Sam, uh, we should mention we've got the quiz coming up soon, haven't we?
0: Yes. A week A week today, as we record, which is Monday, so it's the 1st of March, um, 7.30pm UK time. As I waffled on a bit last week, if you win the prize um, and you don't live in the UK, officially, we're not allowed to post it abroad. But if you've got relatives in the UK, we can post it to a UK address. So message me, and if you haven't got relatives in the UK, you can use my relatives, and I'll make sure that that gets to you. Um, And also... I don't want to say it now because it's about half ten in the morning and I haven't confirmed with City what the prize is going to be. And I just want to double-check with our special half-time with the quiz guest as well. But hopefully later on Monday, maybe Tuesday, I'll confirm the prize and the person yeah. um, checking in at half-time for a little bit of a Q and a You could probably guess. Yeah, do <laughs> um,
3: do, do check Sam's Twitter because um, you'll I, I, as soon as you know, you'll tweet it out, won't you, sir?
0: Yeah, and it'll be good. Like, it, it, like it would have been. A, like, I think people would enjoy a city quiz anyway. And if they listen to this, a good chance they would listen to a city quiz hosted by me and you. I don't know what's the matter with them, but there we go. <laughs> but then, if you add on, if you add on the prize element and the special guest element, then it should be a really good night. Uh, I've no idea how many people have signed up so far, but um, again, I'll post a link on my Twitter if you wanna if you wanna um, sign up. I think so. It's over Zoom. I think everybody's automatically muted. So. Yeah, if you're thinking you can just join up and, you know, abuse us. Unlucky, you can't. You'll have to try um, harder. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, there's, there's plenty of other ways to do that. Um, and also, I suppose just a little point of how it actually works. Um, I think what the best thing is, if you've got a laptop or a computer where you can have the zoom on, you then, it's best to do the quiz on your phone. Yeah that's the best way of doing it so you'll have the zoom on the computer and the quiz on your phone you have to go to a link put your name in and that's how you submit the answers so um that that's basically how it'll work but i don't want to waffle on about it too much but have you, if you finished night.
3: your questions yet
0: uh i've got one to do but i don't really need to send it over i've got one to do which is a shambles just so lazy not lazy at all because
3: i'm still waiting to answer your lot. You so uh,
0: yeah um, oh yeah Oh, yeah. I, uh, I did give you some though didn't i did yeah
3: I? yeah and i didn't do oh, as well yeah. as you did to, did on mine so i, yeah, I i'm worried mine are too easy so no but
0: i'm now worried because you said they were very hard i'm worried that <laughs> i've gone mad and done done ridiculous ones but yeah that that one i sent you is that is quite fiendish isn't it
3: yeah um well sam i'm gonna finish with this because uh you can't have not expected this so um i've written some questions for you uh for the for uh, the ending of this show um the good news is they're all true or false so you've just got a 50/50 shot on each one um oh, yeah. so let's let's uh, five of them let's see how well you do out of them all right okay cool. uh first one uh, kevin keegan was the first city manager to name a starting eleven with no english players in it true or false false mm. That's true. Uh, oh. you! Uh, I'm surprised you didn't know that game off the top of your head because it was the 3-1 win over United in November 2002, the last Derby at Main Road.
0: Uh, no English player. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's why I was deliberating. I was like, it seems like that kind of era. And then what I swung it in the end, I was like, maybe it was just a Sven team. Yeah. yeah, there
3: we go. Um, ah. Okay, so uh, question two. Uh, the first player to score at the Euros tournament while contracted to City was Julian Lescott.
0: <laughs> no, false.
3: Uh, now that's true as well. <laughs> uh, it was England's one-all draw with France in uh, at Euro 2012. Uh, Samir Nasri was the second player to score, uh, and Euro, while contracted to City, he did it nine minutes later. Uh, oh, he scored, he scored the equaliser. Yeah, that's a good. Okay, you, yeah. uh, so nine out of five so far. Uh, third yeah, question: uh, The last City manager to have played a game at Main Road was Roberto Mancini. True or false?
0: About who else would it have been? Yeah. I uh, am I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with true because when he was at Leicester.
3: Uh it is true and it wasn't while he was at Leicester. Uh he okay. played for uh, he played for Italy's under 21s in a 3-1 loss oh, wow. to England in the uh, 1984 under 21 Euro Championships.
0: 1984, Jesus. Yeah.
3: Right. Um so uh, one out one out of uh, one out of 3 so far. Uh, question yeah. 4, uh, the first ever goal scored by a goalkeeper was scored by a city player.
0: Whatever. Ever. Uh I'm going to well Partly because they've all been true so far, and I think that's the kind of thing you'll do, and also partly because cities have got like a really good history with, like really good and interesting and quirky history with goalkeepers. I'm going to go true.
3: It is true. Charlie Williams in uh, April 1900. City were only six years old as a club. Uh, He scored at uh, Roker Park
0: as he lost three-one. They were minus 108 years old. (laughs) <laughs> if you believe the internet.
3: Uh can you make is that it? Right? uh, uh I, I my maths isn't good enough to uh, to, to to corroborate that but you'll have to you'll have to get a calculator out a bit later on. Um and finally question 5 uh, the last player to win the match of the day goal of the month competition while not playing in the Premier League was Georgie Kinkladze for City.
0: Well, I, I see I'm second guessing you now. Are you going to do four true and then the last one false? Um why would they have I suppose it was about twenty odd, twenty five years ago. But why? Why would they do my goal of the month? That's not in the Premier League, unless it was that good. I, that the goal I'm thinking of was in the Premier League, wasn't it? I'm yeah. going to go with true, just because all the rest are. Uh, it is true
3: because they are all true. Uh, he won it yeah. for the FA Cup goal against West Ham in right, 1998. Because back in the 90s, they used to include the FA Cup games that yeah, like the BBC of had. I was
0: obviously thinking, yeah, that was stupid. Anyway, yeah, I got it right, but for the wrong reasons. Sometimes <laughs> happens. Got my titles well wrong, but we won anyway from the screamer. So yeah, three three nil. Manager's are genius. Uh, a genius. three yeah,
3: two. I think I think you got three out of three out of my five. So yeah,
0: yeah Once I realised that they were all going to be true, <laughs> <laughs> that and, and that was after the definitely after the third one. I was like, yeah, they're all true then. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah, uh,
3: there's, there's. I can promise you, there's better questions uh, in this
0: quiz on uh, on Monday yeah, night, and other and you'll get a chance to answer. And also, like I said it's like kind of fastest finger first that there's very unlikely to be a tie because you can get like 150 points per question or something and it ticks down. So if, if it, if it takes you 10 seconds to get it, you will have about 50 points left. If you get it straight away, you'll have got the full lot. So yeah. Yeah. Very uh, interesting little format.
3: And let me tell you, I did not answer any of Sam's questions particularly quickly. So there we go.
0: (laughs) Oh Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. It's, no, it's going to be good. It's going to
3: be. Yeah. Good. So uh, go and sign up for that. That's it for this week's uh, Why Always Us. I'm David Mooney. Thanks as ever to Sam Lee. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Uh, you can sign up to the Athletic right now for less than one pound a week. Just use the code Man City
0: The Athletic.